the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome into another edition of the Spot Track Podcast. I'm your host for the day, Brandon Kravitz, joined by the man himself, the Sultan of Salary. He is Mike Gennetti, guaranteed to del- deliver the goods better than Max Scherzer did last <laughs> night. How are you, Mike? That's that's a that's a. Uh... A backhanded Mets dig is what that is. I'm telling you right now. I felt the Does pain. that still I've count seen- as a Mets dig? <laughs> I, I don't know. Every time I see him, I think about, you know, $43 million this year and another $22 million next year. So it's uh, it's painful. But it, look, that's that's what you're going to get with 40-some-year-old pitchers this time of year, unfortunately. I, I, you know, we'll see if Verlander changes that narrative. But this is a, uh, this is a, a race now. This is a really nice Houston... Texas battle. Uh, they kind of salt, you know, s- swallowed up those bats a little bit last night. So we'll see if they can uh, make it an actual series because I don't think the National League is going to have one. I mean, it just looks like the Phillies are steamrolling, but I thought that about the Rangers going into last night and I was dead wrong. So it was a nice uh, surprise. And, and maybe we can actually get a deciding game at the end of one of these series. Is that possible? <laughs> yeah, a series that actually lasts a full week, right? Yeah, My exactly. By the way, how about the state of Texas? Have you thought about this? I think you could write a whole article about just how great yeah. the uh, sports landscape is in the state of Texas right now. Uh, clean across the board. You've got two teams inside of the championship series in the American League. Uh, Micah Parsons with that game ceiling sack on Sunday night. Victor Wimbanyama out here nutmegging people on yeah. the basketball court. Luka Doncic. Um, I mean, it's insane. Texas football's back, too. So yeah, you guys kind of had that moment in uh, in Florida a couple years back, right? With the Brady Miami stuff and the Miami it. Heat stuff, right? Yeah. yeah, it was a big, big. Uh, it's funny how that works, and and Philly's kind of having that moment as well, you know, with the Eagles and the Phillies back to back to back years doing this. And uh, yeah, I'm jealous. We don't get that kind of stuff around <laughs> here. So the Northeast <laughs> is dried up. You're right, and and L.A. a few years ago with the Rams and the Lakers, yeah. and and they had in uh, the, the the Dodgers, so they had yeah. a lot of that success too. Okay, well, one day the Northeast will be back. Mm. Um, so you've got an article up at spottrack.com discussing the financial ramifications of the NFL trade deadline. You discussed some of these items on your last episode. If you want to go back and listen mm-hmm. to that, uh, to that, of course, when you wrap up this one, you are free to do so. Let's dig further here and start with a name that is not mentioned in the article, but I am seeing rumors flying around with this guy's name attached. And look, they are just rumors, but. I think there could be something substantial here. So I wanted to get your take on this. Derrick Henry's name has been floated out there again. This is not the first time we've seen it. But do you think just simply that there's legitimacy to this? The Titans continue to slide that he could be a name that gets dealt. Yeah, they're going to have to slide. Uh, You know, the Tannehill stuff, the injury stuff may be the exact medicine to get this kind of situation at the forefront. Um, I left Henry off the trade list for now because... I just I believe that Tennessee wants to compete. I believe that Mike Vrabel does not want to mail this thing, and we've seen him do it kind of three years in a row, right? With a team that could could have ripped the bandaid off, could have traded a bunch of pieces, could have essentially tanked for a better draft pick and maybe a better quarterback, right? Because they've I think they've swung and missed on two here back to back potentially. So I just don't think that's the mantra of this organization with Mike Vrabel running the show. So. I get it. Um, Henry could be the leading candidate, maybe the top trade candidate if they get to this point. And maybe a, a week seven disaster could could lead to that. You're talking about almost $6 million in salary at the deadline. That's a lot for a running back. You know, Generally, when we see running backs move in October, it's for 
seven hundred thousand dollars, right? It's a it's a vet minimum contract that is now prorated down for ten weeks. So it would be it would be something to see him move at that capacity. Now, if Tennessee wants to pay five million of that and get themselves a third or second round pick, conditional pick for it, that makes a heck of a lot of sense, maybe for a bunch of sides here. But I left them off because I just don't believe Tennessee is going to go that route. But no question about it, if there's an ugly week seven performance by Tennessee, he's going to jump to the front of this list. Is it, is it just the Titan side of it? And he does feel like a Titan for life kind of guy. And that, and that yeah. still is a thing to some degree in sports, less and less as every year passes. Or is it the other side of it where other teams at this stage in the game would have a really hard time fitting that salary in? if the Titans weren't willing to pay the majority of the contract. If Tennessee's not willing to pay, I don't think he moves. I don't think anybody's going to want to squeeze 5 million for a running back in for six months, you know, 10 weeks, essentially, maybe a little longer with the postseason. I'm going to give you one team. Um, I haven't looked at any of this stuff. I try to stay away from the rumor mills with this stuff because I, I try to be objective with how the contract looks this time of year versus where things may be headed next March. It's sort of right. like my preamble to the roster bubble article that I start doing December 1st. So I have to kind of tease myself into uh, you know, a couple of lists here. But I- I'm going to tell you right now, if David Montgomery is going to miss more time and Gibbs is still going to kind of squeak himself into this offense, Detroit should go for this. Detroit should go all in on Derrick Henry to facilitate uh, Jared Goff because you know as the weather turns, Jared Goff's play is going gonna, is gonna to dip. It's just a fact with him. And Detroit is having a moment right now. And they can fit this in. They could fit in four and a half million if they can get Tennessee to maybe pay two million of it. That is a team I, I feel like should and could overpay to upgrade what's happening right now with their injuries. Because if they if they falter even a little bit, you know teams in that NFC are going to pounce and take over their positioning. So I just feel like they're having the moment and Derrick Henry could really push them over the edge. Yeah, how do you really capitalize on all the excitement that you've built? They look legitimate with what they're doing defensively is as big a story as what they're doing on offense. Goff looks like he's locked in. The Lions are a great candidate. Another team that I thought of, uh, I, I did when I was looking at this, I'm like, all right, let me come up with a couple of teams I can throw your way. The Lions were on the list, so it's awesome to hear you say that, and it, and it makes a lot of sense. Cleveland's already paying a running back a lot of money, but he's out for yep. the year. This is another team that is on that bubble of they could be a Super Bowl contender with how good that defense is. You saw what they were able to do without their quarterback last week, but do they have too much locked up with Chubb to do something like this, or would they be part of that conversation? I love it, uh, especially after seeing Kareem Hunt look pretty darn old last week, didn't he? He kind of looked yeah. like he didn't have that breakaway speed. He's going to be you know, a viable option for their offense because he knows what's going on out there. And he can catch. But, that helps. Yeah, yeah. he's a, he's a, he's a complementary piece to what Derrick Henry would be. So it's really upgrading from Jerome Ford, which I think everybody in Cleveland would want to be doing right now. Um, yeah, they just won a huge game without Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson's status is TBD. It's feel like it's going to be that for a couple of weeks here, right? Yeah. So, that may be an even better option than Detroit for this conversation. Um, are, do they want to squeeze in $5 million? No. They have the cap space. They restructured everybody in the moon to, to, to make sure that they had breathing room this year. And, and certainly that Chubb injury didn't help it. But they can maneuver some, some ways to, to fit it in if they had to. Uh, will Tennessee play ball with Cleveland? I don't know. Right? That's another conversation yeah. to have here. Like, it would be an absolute admission that Tennessee is out of this race. And I'm not, I'm just not sure that's a team that will get there, but it's another really great spot for him. 
Yeah, it does. The fact that it's the Titans makes this feel more far-fetched than it probably should be. They're very Miami Heat, Toronto Raptors, thinking of those teams that yeah. perpetually just, you know. Boring. They, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's not like those teams don't have success. The Heat yeah. have been successful. The Raptors have won a championship in the last several years, but it, I'm talking about the organizations that are not willing to bottom out. You know, yeah. the, the the Yankees, honestly, I mean, if you're yeah. going to go the baseball route that just yeah. refuse to you refuse to live at the bottom and the Titans feel like one of those organizations. Yeah, it's getting there. Uh, you know, I, they don't have an option to replace Tannehill next year. So what they do, a quarterback next year could drive a lot of years conversations in that franchise. But uh, look, if you can get yourself a conditional second round pick for 10 weeks of Derrick Henry, you have to do it. You have to do it. Yeah. So I kind of feel like I'm talking myself and adding him to the list. I'll probably go and add him the second we get off this thing. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I, because I, uh, I really like that Cleveland spot. I'm mad I didn't think of that, Brandon. That's good on you. So that's I, what we're here for. You know, we talk these it. things out. Anytime I get a chance to, to, to downplay Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, I'm going to do it. And adding Derrick Henry does that. So let's, uh, let's roll. All right. I love that. Uh, so this push be, this just became a whole lot more realistic. Henry of now, <laughs> as of right now, four point three yards per carry, about in line with his career average. So I, I think that some, certainly those in the fantasy community, go, oh, he's having a down year. Um, he is right now twelfth in rushing touchdowns, so he's not been bad. The Titans have been bad. I think that he would explode with this guy. Has been a a slow starter for a decade. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. If you draft this guy, you know you're not getting him till week eight. So this is the perfect time to take Derrick Henry in right now and say, it's it's your turn. Let's go. Absolutely. And if you're Tennessee, think about how this has worked out for you long-term. The career that Derrick mm-hmm. Henry has had, you're retiring his number. He's going into the ring of honor. He's been so important to this organization. You spent a second-round pick on him. So getting yeah. a second-round pick after all this time is, yeah. is, has has all of, uh, of these years have been service mm-hmm. to you. I mean, this is the best case scenario. It's incredible. It's and especially with this position, right? It's it's an unbelievable scenario that he has continued to do what he's doing, and he's going to compile another thousand yard season as a twenty nine year old. That's just a, uh, it's just a phenomenon. I'm not sure we're going to have too many more of these in our generation of football. So it's something we have to hang our hat on. Last thing on Derrick Henry, would you agree with this sentiment that the only two the only two running backs in the NFL right now that you think would be candidates for the Hall of Fame when their careers are over, Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey. Oh, no. And are they even Hall of Famers? I think McCaffrey has to be um, because he has essentially changed the model. He's kind of brought back that Marshall Falk type model yeah. uh, that I think a lot of us thought was gone for a while there. Um I don't know. Yeah. Can you get yourself around like a Zeke Elliott? Probably not. Right. He's got a lot of touchdowns. I don't know. I mean, there's a difference between football hall of fame and business of football hall of fame. Right. I mean, I mean, Zeke is in the the spot track hall of fame. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know what? That might need to be a feature on the website too. Guys that have just absolutely uh, raked for their, uh, for their spot in the, in the athletic world. Yeah. It's a nice debate, right? Because the, the, the model for what a hall of fame running back is going to change drastically we're just not going to see a lot of these guys get there you know i'm thinking about when i was growing up in the 90s how many different hall of fame running backs were occupying the field then and now Mm -hmm. you might be able to get to two that are currently in the nfl that's it and that's and that might even be a stretch yeah tough 
Good calls. So I'll uh, pluck in a couple of other names that are actually in your trade article. Quarterback Kirk Cousins. We've talked about him a lot between you and I and Ryan Tannehill, uh, also of the Tennessee Titans. So if they really wanted to go all out with this thing, yeah. do you think Cousins can be swayed to remove his no trade clause? And and who's tripping over themselves to add Tannehill at this point? Yeah, I just think it's a no on both. Um I would be blown away if a starting quarterback was moved. Um, I say it every trade deadline. Th- this is no difference. Cousins may be, maybe the best candidate we've had in a long time um, because of the expiring contract, because they find themselves sort of near the bottom of that conference. I, I just don't think it's possible. Tannehill's 15 million is a deal breaker. Uh, Cousins is a tradable salary, but I, I'm with you. I don't think he waves this for, for any situation outside of what? Brock Purdy getting injured? Oh, yeah. Kyle Shanahan calling. I th- maybe that, that maybe that's it. Kyle Shanahan saying, all right, we need you. We got to do this. Uh, let's make a deal. But other than that, I think this is an absolute no discussion. Although that is what Sam Darnold's there for. But it's yeah, fair Her cousins would be an upgrade. Well, I, they probably give Darnold a try first. The trade deadline is two weeks away. So that would have to that would have to happen rather quickly for, mm-hmm. uh, for and if for all of these players that we're going to talk about. Dalvin Cook at running back has been a non-factor in uh in new york he carries 3.6 remaining on uh, on a one-year deal safe to say this experiment has has been a failure i would think the vikings if i mean they're not interested in winning i guess at this point but th- yeah they don't have any rushing touchdowns do we look back on this and say that was a mistake that was a bad read by minnesota terrible yeah i i know they tried to get younger and cheaper there but man it, it when you're adding Cam Akers in what week three, you know things have already gone way off the tracks for you. So I, I don't. I know they they probably would would do, take a do over if they could have one, but wh- I never even thought the fit with the Jets was was good out of the gate. Yeah. You know, I, it, to me it was just it was some sort of uh, puff up your chest move for Aaron Rodgers. That seemed like what it was from behind the scenes, and obviously he's not here, but he is coming back. Uh, I don't think a team's taking on three and a half million for Delvin Cook right now. And it's to me, it's just the Jets have to eat this and hope that at some point in the season, they're going to really need this guy or Aaron Rodgers comes back and then demands that Delvin Cook starts to get more production. Uh, Otherwise, this is just going to be one of those really awkward August free agent signings that we really don't ever see. And this is maybe why. This is where marriages are important in all sports, definitely in football. Dalvin Cook needed the Vikings. The Vikings needed Dalvin Cook, and it's not working in this situation. Can we give proper respect to the Miami Dolphins, who uh, I I was pounding the table before the season started? You got to get Dalvin Cook. You got to get Jonathan Taylor. They don't need anybody. Nothing. They're they're in a great position. So anybody, uh, I don't know if you're. I'm a Dolphins fan, so it's, and mm-hmm. live in Florida, so pounding the table a little harder. But do I owe them an apology. Do you for for almost sending Delvin Cook there or trying yeah. to send Delvin yeah. Cook there? I, I still think that that Mike McDaniel's offense would have absolutely utilized him. You know, and 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 it would have just been another dose of of cherry on top of that Sunday, especially with a couple of injuries they're dealing with. But they, they don't even have Jeff Wilson back. So there's yeah. already another toy coming back to that offense. So yeah, it would have been crazy to sign him. But by the way, I, I think uh, in a smaller capacity, the same with the Jets. Brees Hall probably wasn't supposed to be this healthy. He looks phenomenal. I, right. I like Michael Carter sitting behind them. Michael Carter should be in between Delvin Cook and Brees Hall right now in that depth chart. And I think for maybe internally he is. So that's why I question this Cook signing still to this day in week seven. 
uh, especially with seven million guaranteed attached to it. <laughs> okay, I can talk about running backs all day. Sometimes I get I, I fall I fall into that trap. I apologize to the listeners out there for uh, my my uh, internal obsession with that position. Let's move to the wide receivers. Jerry Judy, um, is it possible that Steve Smith? former NFL wide receiver, current analyst for NFL network has legitimately tanked his trade value because he drew, he dragged, he, he dragged his name through the mud on live TV. And then Judy went out and had a one catch 14 yard performance. So <laughs> who's trying to bring this guy in? Right I don't now? know. Cause he's doing a lot of his own chirping on, on Instagram and on Twitter himself. Yeah. He's going back and forth as well. So I, I don't know why guys think this is going to work. It, it, it hasn't worked ever. You know, I mean, to, to the largest degree, right? The worst example of this is Antonio Brown, who already had so much baggage and then added on to that baggage with social media posts, which literally ruined his career. But I, I, yeah, everything that we've heard about Jerry Judy, including any kind of stat board you've seen on this guy has ruined whatever value he had coming into the league. Uh, I still think he's a hell of a wide receiver. So I'm not going to buy into too much of this. Uh, the situations have been awful. He's got like four different offensive coordinators in his career. It's been, it's just been a mess. Uh, but I want to change his, scenery. Yeah. His, but his trade, the, the dollar amount is a part of this story too. Yeah. Because you're not just trading for, he's not cheap at this point, you know, based on what, what you had laid out in the article. No, he's not a rental because Denver yeah. liked him enough to exercise that option for next year. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a million and a half this year for a 10 week rental. And then 13 million fully guaranteed next year. So somebody's taking on a significant risk in bringing in Jerry Judy. I tend to think it's not that much of a risk. I think that he just needs uh, a better system, uh, more more room to breathe, and uh, an entire change of pace and change of scenery. But maybe not. Maybe Steve Smith's onto something, and he knows a heck of a lot more about it than I do. And he thinks that this guy is just a career Paris Campbell. How's that? <laughs> there you go. That's a nice, that's a nice pull. I'm, I guess I won't bother asking you though. Some people are listening probably want to know, okay, give me a team. Give me a team. It, I think it's different with the wide receiver position. Cause who doesn't need an extra wide receiver? So, yeah. I mean, is if you don't have one, I, I think it's understandable to say most teams would be in the market if they need an upgrade. So do you have anybody in mind or is it just, do you agree I, I, that it's the wide receiver position that we it's like it's almost like defensive linemen like you can't have enough of them yeah and that's why i found 15 to put on this list pretty easily and probably could have had yeah. another 15 uh, you know if i didn't try too hard so uh i know buffalo's in i know buffalo's looking for somebody i kind of think they're in the hunter renfro market if i had to guess out loud here um but look it, you know when you can have marquise brown hollywood brown for seven and a half and you can talk probably talk arizona into paying at least half of that when you can have devin duvernay for a million you know two and a half million dollars he's barely catching balls in baltimore right yeah. now he's a he's a returner I, I i just think contractually speaking there are better options than what jerry judy's risk comes with which is essentially 15 million fully guaranteed right now donovan people's jones can't even find the field in cleveland and he's a million and a half on an expiring contract somebody should jump on that and and maybe offset the uh, the draft pick that they might give up for Derrick Henry here. So yeah. I, I think that there are just better, cheaper options, even though Jerry Judy may be the most talented name I have on this list. And one of those better, cheaper options is a uh, name that we're going to bring up in our quits, quick hits, which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, already seen some wide receiver movement, but yeah, good stuff there. Uh, too big of a commitment for Jerry Judy. I heard you mention Brian Burns, the defensive end for the uh, Carolina Panthers on the last episode. That 
that would have to fetch a pretty monster return in terms of all the names that you laid out there on your list. I would think the value you'd get back, maybe outside of the, if you leave the quarterbacks out of it, that would be the biggest return. I would think, yeah, maybe even with a Kirk Cousins, right? Because this is, this is somebody that you're absolutely bringing in to sign a contract extension to. It's Bradley Chubb with the Dolphins last year, right? Right. Yep. It's it's that, but maybe better. I actually definitely better, right? Brian Burns is a an absolute get to the quarterback monster right now um, on a team that really has no business doing much in terms of offense and defense. So I, I think that if we hear his name called, it's going to be a wow trade. It's going to be multiple firsts or some sort of condition to get to multiple firsts. Uh, and there's going to be an immediate announcement of a an almost Nick Bosa type extension. That's where this guy's ceiling can be uh, in the right situation. I'd love to see him play for a contender. I'd also love to see Carolina sign him and and make him a core player to build around what they're trying to do there in Carolina. But uh, it could go either way. I don't think it happens right now. To me, he's a franchise tag candidate in February. And then maybe we're talking about a tag and trade. But most likely, we're going to see a monster contract coming in Carolina. Yeah, I kind of feel like he should just, stay, or they should make it to where he doesn't want to leave because right. another defense doesn't look good right now. The, when the whole team is bad, it, it makes every every area of the field look probably worse than it is. I actually think they're, they're they have defensive talent they could build around. Mm-hmm. Chase Young was a guy the Commanders thought they were going to build around defensively. They didn't even pick up his fifth year option, but he's playing well this year. The Commanders have been kind of a surprise team. They looked really good last week. Do you think they regret not picking up that option? I don't know. They had so many miles to feed and they fed him all except for Chase Young. So it was really just a uh, an odd man out situation, even though that odd man out had just happened to be the a number two overall pick who sort of busted out for a couple of years. Um, there's value here. You know, there's value. If they can't get a third round pick from and they think a, a compensatory draft picks a better way to go, then they won't trade him. But you tell me a contender can get Chase Young at less than three million for the rest of the season. I have to think that there are teams calling right now for this guy because he's looked well enough to drop into somebody's injured, battered defensive line and make an impact uh, sort of in that closer role for a contender down the stretch. So I think it's a name that moves. And I don't think Washington's going to have regrets because they could probably fetch a pretty good package back right now. Yeah, maybe uh, I know Buffalo already dipped their toe into these waters, but it looks yeah. like, yeah, your team up there could use a little bit of defensive help. And, uh, and maybe that's that could be one of those uh, potential contenders for Chase Young, uber talented guy. Let's go through some quick hits. we got some good stuff here. The Jets. So speaking of that wide receiver that has already moved. They said, here, Kansas City, why don't you take me, Cole Hardman, back? We don't really want him anymore. <laughs> uh, good move for Kansas City. Do you like this? The uh, Outstanding. Yeah. yeah, outstanding. You know, you, you, you kind of bring back a familiar face for Patrick Mahomes, who looked a little bit lost with some of the weapons out there. And uh, this could just be the jumpstart that they need. I mean, I, I you know, between what they're doing in the running game with Pacheco, who's been able to stay healthy, knock on wood, and now you bring this gadget player back for Mahomes. I, I love it. Uh, it's it's minimal risk. It's a late round swap in terms of draft picks. And they bring him in for about, really, it's about a million dollars cash. And that's including a bonus he's probably not going to hit, a likely bonus because he's been basically a ghost in New York. He hasn't been utilized at all. So at the end of the day, you're probably paying this guy $775,000 for Kansas City for 10 weeks of service. And it may be the single thing 
that reinvigorates that Chiefs offense. He's a speed demon, and yeah. Patrick Mahomes definitely misses that sh- that field stretcher in that offense. They don't really have a guy that profiles to be that that just runs those deep routes. I think Hardman was brought in to to be that for Aaron Rodgers. Zach Wilson's played better, but he's still having a hard time getting Garrett Wilson activated. So step one is do that before you can even make your way down the depth chart. I, I completely agree there. Here's one I was excited to get uh, pick your brain on. Roger Goodell signed another extension with the NFL to remain their commissioner through 2027. His career earnings following the extension, $700 million. Is he worth it relative to his position? Oh. So I put this tweet out yesterday just for reference, right? I did a comparison between what he's made versus what any NFL player has ever made. And, and I feel like it was misconstrued and maybe I didn't craft the tweet properly, but I wasn't saying, you know, Players should be paid more, or Roger Goodell should be paid less. Yeah, everyone thinks everything online is a statement. I know. I I, in the, I didn't I didn't use enough characters clearly, but um, <laughs> look, this guy's made missteps. Every commissioner is going to make missteps. You know, it's happening even to Adam Silver, sort of the golden boy for the NBA now. Um, and and the disciplinary stuff I feel like has been undersold and, and under and that hasn't been taken care of properly. There's too much objectivity in all of that. But this guy has made this league an unbelievable amount of money simply by being a good soldier for these owners. I mean, he has done the job of just saying, there's 32 people I have to take care of. I'm going to handle every situation uniquely. I'm going to let Jerry Jones do his thing and speak out when he needs to. I'm not going to discipline him for that. I feel like everybody's had their own part and he's just been a very good facilitator for that. And the TV contracts are massive and the streaming stuff is massive and the gambling stuff is massive. And he's just kind of stayed out of the way. You know, he's kind of done his job as just being a mediator and taking the little lumps when he's needed to. Right. Not too many of these franchises have had to deal with their own mess because it's been deflected on him. So you want to tell me this guy's worth 700 million in an industry that's what worth 100 billion right now if you add up all of the franchised values i mean it's insane right the bills are going to be worth six billion dollars in a couple of years there was just a report because of the stadium because of the gambling money because of josh allen this is one of the smallest markets in all of sports not just the nfl and they're going to be worth six billion dollars soon so you yeah. can't tell me this guy's done something wrong because everybody around him is absolutely winning so uh, it- Yes, and I completely agree with you. The counter to this argument, though, is Mm -hmm. all he's done. He's helped the league make more and more money. The counter to the argument is couldn't anybody who's even halfway decent at this do the exact same thing? You are you are literally if your hands on the steering wheel of a cash cow, how could you possibly screw this up? So is Roger Goodell benefiting from that more than the NFL is benefiting from Roger? I'll give him one more vote of confidence here because uh, you're not wrong. There's a million people that can do what he's doing. However, like I think you could run the NFL. Oh, no. I think you could be in this. I drink, I drink way too much coffee and have way too bad of a temper. And that's the point <laughs> I'm about to make, right? The point I'm about to make is he has taken his lumps, right? There's been a heck of a lot of pushback and I've been part of it, you know, and the Florios of the world, they've killed him. There have been moments where this guy has been thrown under the bus and rightfully so, but his temperament hasn't changed, right? I mean, he has been boring. He has been methodical. He has been robotic. Yeah, That is what you need in this position because it's not easy. This is a very public league, a very expensively public league, right? And one misstep, one sentence wrong, and a lot of things happen and they lose a lot of money. And I don't think he's had that moment. So you want to tell me in 20 years, that's all he's had to do well. 
that's harder. That's easier said than done for a lot of people, myself included. I would, I would have, I would have choked on something. No question about it. <laughs> he did, you know, he handled the COVID stuff really well. And, and I will say this in terms of public perception, I don't think this has helped in terms of the bottom line for the NFL, but he doesn't receive as much criticism now as he has in the past. And I think part of that is he hasn't stepped in it recently. He also started accepting the booze. Right. I think draft day Roger Goodell has right. curried so much favor and people won't admit you'll never walk. Uh, you come across anyone on the street and, and say, give me your opinion on Roger Goodell. And they tell you how much they love him. But people don't rip him as much as they used to. At least that's my, my view. You, you, I mean, your mentions might say something different. Think about the NHL. And I, I know you followed it a little bit there in Florida. Gary Bettman's been there forever. Right. And he's been yeah. booed forever and he's made no money. I mean, that league, that league has flatlined. Yeah. They, they are literally borrowing money from eight years out still just to pay players this year. That's how this league is operating. It's, it is not a stable, let alone prop, you know, profiting league by any degree. And they're not throwing him out. They're not even calling for his name to be removed. Right. It's because he goes up there and takes a bullet every time he has to, every time he walks onto an, an ice, right. He gets absolutely crucified because the league should be bigger. It should be more global. It should but he's doing the best he can with a product that's always going to be fourth in this country. And he knows it. And that's just how he's going to have to operate. So the smallest version of that, right, that Roger Goodell has learned to, de to deal with has made him not more popular, but less hated. Let's move on and uh, tackle a couple more of these items we've got here. Will Clay Thompson sign an extension mm. with the Golden State Warriors before he gets to free agency? And is there a closure of that window? Can I punt on this question? Um, and the only reason I'm going to do it is I have assigned our resident NBA expert, Keith Smith, with this exact task. I've given him the task of writing the piece for spotrut.com that is going to lay out what Clay Thompson is actually worth in terms of production, in terms of age, in terms of injury history. I'm waiting on pins and needles to see what he says because Keith is pretty darn good at this stuff with the NBA. Um, and once I see that number, I can come back to here and tell you, I think Golden State can do that. And if it's higher than what I'm, you know, I have inside my, my brain right now, I think he's going to walk. I think he's going to be one of the bigger free agents we've had in the league in a long time. And and then it's going to be fun because uh, you know there's a there's a world where Curry and Thompson have statues, <laughs> right, and outside of that Golden State Arena for the next fifty years. And seeing him on another roster is going to be Joe Montana ish to some degree, right? It's going to be weird, yeah. but I think that's where we're headed. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and defer to Keith Smith here soon. Um, and when that article is posted, we'll have a lot more context. Well, hey, Mike, you are the face that runs the place here, so you can punt on whatever you'd like. <laughs> Report out of Miami claims that the Miami Heat didn't move on uh, move on uh, Bradley Beal in terms of trying to bring him in because they didn't think he was that much of an upgrade from Tyler Hero. Are you buying that? I would assume that any sort of not an upgrade also involves that he's a, he gets paid about $30 million more. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, it sounds a heck of a lot better when you compare... What is Tyler Hero? Thirty million a year versus almost fifty million a year for Bradley Beal. Yeah. So it's not, it's not even a conversation. Tyler Hero is a weird NBA player right now because he had a really nice moment. He was a really big part of a postseason run, and then they had a really nice postseason run without him. You know, yeah. and that's never good for your value or, or or your you know trade value or extension value. Um, but I, I don't know. I yeah. 
anybody not wanting Bradley Bill makes sense to me. Let's just end with that. That makes total sense to me. Yeah, there and there are a couple of things in the NBA that will that will tank your your long term value. Teams succeeding without you, definitely one of them. Health, and that's been Bradley Beal's issue, though he still gets that monster contract. You can um, thank Washington for that, and not playing much defense. And I think that's the issue where teams look at Tyler here and go, "Yeah, of course I want his shooting. Every team needs that, but I can't have liabilities out on the floor." And and he kind of is that. There's no question that he has something negative attached to him because you can't tell me Miami didn't try to acquire Dame Lillard, right? They definitely oh, they tried. They definitely did, yeah. And and I understand Portland not wanting Tyler Hero because of who they have in the roster, because of who they've drafted over the past couple of years. But it probably also means that they couldn't find a third team that wanted Tyler Hero, which yeah. isn't great. That's not great. But that that to me is how I'm reading this Dame Lillard situation. So I think it's it's a situation where he's just going to have to suck it up and be big for Miami this year and regain some sort of value. And whether that means staying Miami for a couple more years or finding an offseason trade next summer, uh, I don't think there was anything out there right now that included Tyler Hero's name in it. The fact that my Orlando Magic didn't get involved and they've been the bottom of the league in yeah. three-point shooting for years and they've got all the assets in the world to get involved in a trade like this, that should speak volumes. Let's wrap with a Caleb Williams question. I don't know how true this is. His dad talks a lot, so this could be uh, um, a... Uh, what's the... Um, I'm forgetting the... The ball father's name, LeVar, LeVar ball. This could be a LeVar ball situation. See, that's actually a blessing. The fact yeah. that this guy hasn't been in the media We've for so long. ourselves. Forgot his first name for a moment. There's a rumor that's making the rounds that claims that Caleb Williams wants part ownership of a team that selects him in the upcoming NFL draft. How far fetched is this? I mean, it's not legal. <laughs> so. So we'll so start we can there. Just, we can definitely start there. It's literally in the CBA. In fact, we just went through this with Tom Brady, right? And in terms of what he was trying to do with the Raiders. And and that was just if he wanted to play quarterback for him, which he was never going to do. But now I, it even looks like his ownership and, and his attachment to being an analyst and all this stuff is, is murkying up and his, his gambling affiliations. I'm not sure they're going to even allow him to attach himself to a franchise because of that kind of partnership that he has right now. So thinking that a rookie starting quarterback is going to come in and say, I need 45 million guaranteed on my rookie contract. Plus I need 10% stock in the bears. It's just, it's just really nice. A really nice social media post that drives some attention and I can't get my head around anything else. It's not even, it's not even legally possible right now. So the fact that this guy is going to be good enough to change the, to amend the CBA I mean, man, you better you better be an unbelievable prospect. Yeah, the odd timing too, because uh, Caleb Williams threw uh, an inter- an interception on pretty much every other pass against Notre Dame, and then right after that, wants a part ownership. Yeah, per the rumors, but yeah. I'm not even sure. I don't think it's a lock right now. We can we can just sort of save this one for later. I don't think it's a lock. He's the number one overall. Pick. No. Drake May no. is incredible. And if Caleb, if, and it's not talent wise, Caleb Williams has a lot and could very well go number one. But the fact that it's close and you're hearing noise coming out of Caleb Williams' camp, I think some teams might go, that guy seems like too much for us. Yeah, he's just putting himself on a pedestal he doesn't need to be on. I mean, exactly. coming out and saying, I, I'm not going to play for certain franchises. What are you doing to yourself? You know, it's just, and that was what week two of the college football season. I mean, you're just setting yourself up for disaster. I'm with you. There's a world where he is the third pick 
come next May and nobody's going to gawk at it. But, you know, it's pretty good content right now. That does it for today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast. If you like the content that you hear on this channel, follow, rate, review, subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, great stuff as always from Mike Gennetti. Go and check out SpotTrack.com for all of the latest in the sports contractual world. Till next time. <laughs>